giving your voice to that vote. So that'll, that'll happen on the 16th as well. Okay, so today, uh, what I have done is I have written a letter that I'm going to read to our church. Uh, the last few weeks, we've had letters being written uh, to Pastor Kelly and Brandy as they were sent off. And one of the big reasons why you would write a letter is because you want to say something very clearly, right? And sometimes emotion or sometimes excitement, whatever it may be, sometimes frustration, spouses when they fight, sometimes they write letters to communicate what they actually think and feel. And for me, I just thought it was too important on this first Sunday of our new era to not communicate exactly what God's been doing in my life and my heart and in our leadership team. And so I wrote this letter. So typically I would not stand up here and read something verbatim, but today I want to do that because I want to share with you what, where I think and where our team, including all of our staff, and I ran this by Brandon, and uh, we just feel like this is the direction that God is leading us as we move forward in this new season. And so if you'll bear with me, uh, I'm going to read this, and I'm going to try to make it not as like I'm just reading a paper, but I'm going to communicate the heart that I've put down on this. And I will say this too, if you get to the end of this, because it is an eight-page letter, Okay, if you get to the end of this and you think to yourself, that was a lot, I'd love to know what he actually said again, I will get you a copy of the letter. That was one of the reasons why I decided to put it in a letter form and so that you can go, oh, what did he say about that again? You know, I will have a copy for you. And so if you want one of those, you can let me know. I also will give copies to our kids team and anybody who isn't able to be here today that has questions about it, because it is going to set the tone for the months and years ahead. And I'm really excited about that. I know our team is well. So let me just read this to you. It's a letter to my Center Church family. Um, the purpose of this letter is to clearly share my heart and passion for the next season of our church. I am here with you. I am here for you. And Lord willing, I will be here for decades to come. Being totally transparent, like many of you, I was surprised to find out that my friend and co-laborer for the gospel, Kelly, was resigning his position at Center Church to take on a new call to plant a church, specifically because I know how much he and Brandy love this church. So when I received the news just a few days before we announced it publicly, I was indeed surprised as well. And like many of you, I experienced a range of emotions following the announcement. Processing those emotions personally, as well as with many of you, has been both a difficult and wonderful journey. So thank you for inviting me into your processing. One of the many outcomes for me as a result of this announcement is that this season has further bonded my heart to this church. I am reminded of how much each of you love our church, and that makes me so proud to be part of this church. From the moment that Kelly told me about his departure, my thoughts and emotions have been divided into two primary categories, definitely a lot of subcategories, but two primary categories, grief and excitement. Grief because a friendship that served me in so many ways over the past 10 plus years was changing. It wasn't going anywhere. It was just changing. Kelly and I have been through all of it, and I double capitalized it. We have been through all of it together. As leaders of Center Church, we experienced laughter, joy, pain, frustration, sorrow, lament, 
excitement, cheer, and most importantly, love. Love for God, love for our church, and certainly he and I love for each other. And at the same time, my excitement grew quickly for the next season of Center Church. This excitement rooted in the way that God has been moving in my heart since the very moment that I knew this change was coming. Over the last month, I've had many nights of low to no sleep, awakened to pray for what God is doing in this moment, awakened by the passion I have to lead our church into what God has set before us, awakened by the dreams I have for the great things God has done in store, that has in store for each one of us who will make ourselves available to God's incredible plan. Over the last month, I have become more clear about the purpose of what God has been sowing into my heart and my mind over the past few years. God has been moving in the hearts and the minds of our leadership team as well, and now it is clear to me why he has been doing some of the things and speaking some of the things to that team that he has been doing. And so I want to share more about that with you today. Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 10 lives in my head rent-free for a very important reason. And I want you to check this out. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So here's what I see when I look out at the people sitting in this room today. And to those who are reading the letter at home or wherever they're reading this letter, I see a group of incredible, world-changing masterpieces. Not because you are awesome, although you are awesome. Each of you are a masterpiece because God said so. And he calls you a masterpiece because he made you a masterpiece. And he is making you into a masterpiece. He is transforming you and I day by day into the people that will live out the good things he planned for us long ago. Many of you over the last month have expressed your excitement for me as I move into this new role at Center Church, and I am extremely grateful for your confidence. But please hear me when I say this. I am excited for us. I am excited for what God is doing through us right now. I am excited for what he has in store for us in the months and years to come. And it's an honor to lead this church, to lead our teams, and to lead each of you. So the question is, I'm sure you've asked this of yourself, what is next? And I want to highlight a few of the really essential things that are next. The first one is this. It's a season of prayer. To me and to our leadership team, and I'm sure to all of you, we regard prayer in the highest of importance. It's going to be crucial for us to be a praying church. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, always be joyful Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Always be joyful. Never stop praying and be thankful. 
because this is God's will for those who belong to Jesus. Ephesians 6 says it this way, 6.18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pastor David Guzik says it in his commentary titled The Enduring Word. He says, the idea is all kinds of prayer or prayer upon prayer. Catch that again. The idea is all kinds of prayer or prayer upon prayer. We should use every kind of prayer we can think of, group prayer, individual prayer, silent prayer, shouting prayer, walking prayer, kneeling prayer, eloquent prayer, groaning prayer, constant prayer, fervent prayer, just pray. I loved that quote. Our reality is, is that we are constantly engaged in a spiritual battle. The battle is a battle for your soul and for your well-being and for your joy and all the things that matter to you most. But the enemy is tricky. Their tactics are covert, sneaky, and built on lies. If we are not careful, we could be lulled into a spiritual slumber. Meanwhile, the enemy is feeding us lies about our personal worth and the stability of our marriages, lies about the importance of family, lies about the value of our friendships. The goal being to isolate us, to draw us into the deception of self-dependence, and then break down the sandy foundation that we try to build our lives on apart from God's design. To my church family, I plead with you to not fall prey to the enemy's tricks and lies. Instead, to be a people of prayer, of radical devotion to God and to each other, and to be radically generous with those around you. I plead with you to take seriously the call to make disciples. The two primary tools that are available to us to fend off the lies and the tricks of the enemy are scripture and prayer. Those are our primary tools. We fight the nonsense of the enemy with prayer. And so therefore we must be praying all kinds of prayers all of the time. Prayers for the people in our life to come to know Jesus. Prayers for our marriages to be restored and strengthened, to be renewed. Prayers for our children to know and follow Jesus. Prayers for our friends to know their worth and value in Jesus. Prayers for the resources we need to accomplish all of the amazing things that God has set in store for us, as he mentioned in Ephesians 2 and so many other places in Scripture. Prayers that God would bless and sustain our energy as we fight the spiritual forces at work to destroy any and all goodness in our community. We just have to fight back, push back against the darkness. Now, you might be thinking, that is what I want for me and for those I love, but I need help learning how to pray. Or you might be thinking, that is what I want for me and those I love, but I always forget to pray, and when I do, I get super distracted. Well, my answer to that is, that's okay because our leadership team is committed to helping our church become a praying church. We're committed to that. And so I'm super excited to share one way we're gonna do that, to build a, prayer, a praying church, to be a people of prayer, and that's to institute a prayer team. This is an initiative that's been in the works for months, but we're just taking it even more seriously. This team of people will be praying with and for our church 
The prayer team will take on the responsibility of praying for our church throughout the week. If you have a prayer request, they will commit to praying for those requests throughout the week, as well as the general uplifting of our church. The prayer team will also be praying for our gatherings during our gatherings, petitioning God to move amongst his people as we gather, asking God to bless our efforts to minister to guests, to our kids, to each other, and to God himself. And last but not least, our prayer team will be available to pray with our church during the designated times of prayer, before, during, and after our gatherings. And so if you wanna be part of that team, I want to invite you to do that, to let myself know, or Jessica, or Thea, or Mike know that you wanna be part of that team. And we will reach out to you with more information. This is something that we're doing. We're definitely gonna do it. And we would want each one of you to be part of that as well. So for the past seven months, our team has been working on a very big project. And this project is the result of months of conversation about the church that God has woven together over the course of the last 10 years. Can you believe that Center Church is going to officially turn 10 in September? That's crazy. That means we have been meeting together for 10 years in September. 10 years later, and here we are, new places, new faces, and definitely new challenges as we, face the as we face the challenges that impact our community and we do so with the love and grace of Jesus. Our leadership team has discussed um, many things, but over the course of those discussions, we've been led down the path of evaluating um, a lot about Center Church, including the very brand that is Center Church. Speaking as just one person who has been here from the beginning over the past decade and a lot um, has changed in that decade about Center Church, not the least of these things being our approach to ministry. And then last fall, we went on a teaching journey through the Sermon on the Mount. That was really, really awesome. And you heard us quote the teaching from Matthew 7. I want to read these verses to you again. We read them over and over and over again, so why not one more time for good measure? Matthew 7, 24 through 25 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Now, this teaching ignited in our hearts and minds um, what was next for the next season of ministry at Center Church. It also led us to ask, is it time for us to rename this church, a name that fits the heart of our ministry efforts? And we dreamed together about a day when everyone who touches the community of Center Church would build their life on the foundation of Jesus. You heard that phrase over and over, life on the foundation. I mean, it's right here on the foundation. It's been in front of you now for months and months and months. And we wrestled with questions. We dissected language and meaning and application. We even hired a professional branding company to help us brand ourselves well in this next season. And as a team at the conclusion that we, rather, we arrived at the conclusion that we needed a name that matched our hearts and our ministry philosophy. And so Center Church is becoming Foundation Church. Yep, yep. Center Church is becoming Foundation Church. Now, over the next few months, 
You will see us transform our name and the and branding into Foundation Church. But for now, just to be clear, we are still legally center church. And we will guide our church through this transition process. But our leadership team is so excited to announce this change because it communicates our heart and direction for the season of ministry at Foundation Church. And that's one of the reasons why we all wanted to be up here together, because this isn't something that I've done or that Pastor Kelly did, although we worked on it, but it's been something that we've all been working on now for um, over seven months. And so we're really excited about that. So as Cindy mentioned when I was telling the kids team about this, you can still write your checks to Cinder Church, okay? <laughs> she wanted me to be clear about that, so... But the thing is, is as we make this transition, you'll see different things come in, new branding, all of that. And our goal right now is to shoot for a hard launch in September, announce our presence here in the community. And as we make that transition, it won't take that long, but that's when we really want to start making a push as Foundation Church. So we're about to celebrate 10 years of beautiful ministry together, and we are preparing for another 10 years. And as we approach that benchmark, I would like us to hold tightly to these prayers. May our, may our kids build their lives on the foundation of Jesus. May our marriages be built on the foundation of Jesus. May our friendships be built on the foundation of Jesus. May our careers be built on the foundation of Jesus. May our dreams and desires be built on the foundation of Jesus. And may our lives be built on the foundation of Jesus. Will you join us in praying for our church? Yeah, with love and gratitude, Pastor Rick. So will you do me a favor and stand up? I wanna pray for us and then we're gonna sing some songs. If there's any confusion in your brain over what I said here today, again, that's why I put it in letter form, I would love to debrief with you about the changes that are coming. I'm so excited about this next season. And I know many, many of you have expressed that same excitement. And God's doing things in each one of us to, to stir that up, and I'm thankful for that. So I'm gonna pray for us as we sing. And then after we sing this song, I'm gonna come back and we're gonna have another moment of prayer. We're gonna have some time where we're gonna pray as a church community. And, and I know, Mike, you've wanted to make yourself available for prayer. Yeah, and Thea, can you make yourself available? So Mike and Thea will actually be hanging out. Um, let's do it in the back. They'll be hanging out in the back. If you want to have them personally pray with you, they can do that. Um, but either way, we're gonna be praying a ton in this next season because we are so dependent on it as a church and as individuals to find what God's doing inside of us and where he's leading us. And so I'm excited for that. I'm really thankful for that. So will you join me as we pray? God, thank you for this opportunity to gather as our church. And we know so many people are traveling right now and have missed this, but they know. They know because you've been putting it in their hearts. Through this season of transition, God, there have been things that people have been feeling and thinking that they didn't understand. And now they do. And that's how you work. You bring things into clarity right as they're supposed to be understood. And so God, I pray that as we continue to flex our prayer muscles, as we continue to flex our ministry muscles as a church, God, that our community, both here and the, the people who are around us, would feel your presence as a result 
of the work and the effort that we put in to our prayers. I pray that you would bless this church in every way fathomable. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's sing.